Indeed, there are more questions than answers. Like, why do you press harder on the remote control when you know the battery is dead? And why are the dogs so fast in South Dakota? Anyone? Does anyone know that? No. Silence. It's because the trees are so far apart, of course. <laughs> Hi, America. Hello, world. My name is Adrian Lee, and I am your host. Welcome to the show, More Questions Than Answers, the only paranormal quiz show anywhere in the world. Each week, my guests and I will search the world's newspapers, websites and TV shows just for you to bring you the very best in paranormal talk radio, entertainment and enlightenment. We will then test each other's knowledge of the week's events of the mysterious, strange, supernatural, unusual, bizarre and just plain weird. If you have just tuned in especially to hear the show, then I admire your taste. If you have just tuned in by accident, then I admire your luck. I am huddled under my quilt with a large flashlight and a nice cup of tea with tonight's guests, somewhere in the barren wildernesses of the Midwest Plains, with the sound of my elderly mother snoring distantly from the room next door. So snuggle under your covers, turn out your light and hold on tight. The rules are very simple. Points will be awarded randomly for being interesting and for making me laugh or shiver in horror. Extra points will be available for shock and awe value. To help me control my rowdy panel of recidivists and retrobates, I will employ what I have called the inappropriate bell. An example of this would be... The panel have no idea what's coming. I have no idea what stories they have for tonight's show. And we are completely live and unedited. What could possibly go wrong? So without any further ado, let us embrace the darkness. Let me start by introducing tonight's guest panel. Firstly, the mysterious and effervescent Heather Morris. She has been a paranormal investigator for many years with her own team called Hellhound Paranormal and does all of her best work in the shadows. She is now the audio and EVP expert with the International Paranormal Society and brings her knowledge and research skills to tonight's show. Heather has spent all week trying to find another word for synonym. How's that going for you? Not too well. Welcome to the show, Heather. Thank you for being here tonight. <laughs> Hello. We also have with us the analytical and sceptical mind of Kim Gore. Kim is also a talented and valued member of the International Paranormal Society. Kim has spent many a sleepless night this week wondering why all state insurance is not available in all states. Welcome to the show, Kim. <laughs> Hello. It's true. When that advert comes up on the television, there's a little bit of writing underneath that says it's not available in like Florida and Arkansas. And it's very <laughs> odd. Finally, on tonight's show, I wish to introduce the calm and unflappable Greg Gore. He is married to Kim and we shall see if this is still the case after tonight's show. Greg is a paranormal investigator and tech expert. He owns and operates more cameras and leads than the BBC outside broadcast department. He is also our producer 
and sound mixer. Greg has spent all week claiming to Kim that he can actually multitask because he reads on the toilet. Welcome to the show, Greg. Hello. That's tonight's panel. We jump in. Would you believe this is our 20th show? 20. That's fabulous. Amazing. Am I right in thinking, Greg, that on the internet it tends to state that if you get past your seventh show, you're actually doing a really good job. Is that right? That's right. Most podcasts end before seven shows. So we are now double that. We're beyond that. We're nearly up to three times that. But 20. Does anyone know... If I was going to buy you a gift, if I was going to get you something for to celebrate the 20th show of our uh, series, does anyone know what that would be? If it was a wedding anniversary gift, does anyone Dairy know? Queen. Dairy Queen. Well, we, <laughs> that's prom. <laughs> yes, we know what you did at Dairy Queen when you was at prom. If there's any men, if there's any men listening to the show, all it takes with Heather is to what? treat her to well, a dairy. Maybe she's been to 20 proms. <laughs> Yes, I can tell that by Sixth looking. grade was six. the worst six years of my life. <laughs> Double <Well>, the, dipping. <laughs> wow. That can get you into a lot of trouble, I'm led to believe. There is a show here, Dying to Get Out. Um, anyone know, 20th anniversary, what would, what would you buy a loved one for a wedding anniversary gift? Bamboo. Bamboo. Sure. Well, only because you told me, I know, so I'm waiting. Oh, well, I'm happy for you to spill the beans. China. It is China. We had to look that up. After 20 years of marriage... Yes. <laughs> I was about to give you a gift of uh, more questions and answers, mugs and tea sets, but uh, the good Lord giveth and the good Lord taketh away. If any of our listeners know how to make mosaics, do um, contact me on more questions and answers with Adrian Lee on our Facebook site. Can you imagine, though, 20 years of marriage, everyone around this table has, uh, has been married in the past or is currently married. Can you imagine after doing 20 years of, of marriage that you get given a cup and a saucer? <laughs> I mean that would be that would be a little rough I think you you wouldn't get that from robbery would you 20 years you'd get off with good behavior I'm sure <laughs> if people wish to uh, join us tonight we do have a, a website you can uh, access we're on Facebook of course if you go to more questions and answers with Adrian Lee you shall see all of tonight's stories there for your perusal in fabulous Technicolor we have more stories more comments more fabulous things that we could possibly fit into a show so if you go to that site you'll see all of the video footage all of the photographs all of the fabulous and wonderful things that we can't possibly get through in the short time that we have with you and i'm led to believe that we have now over 3,800 followers on that particular site so you're more than welcome to join in the fun one of the things i wanted to discuss before we started tonight's show of course is that um, Kim and Greg, this week, you had your first Reiki healing session, I believe. I say yes. I believe, I was the one who was giving that session, but, <laughs> you know, Kim volunteered and uh, I came around. Greg has a bad back, which we wish we won't go into, of course, but it's important to have hobbies and interests. Um, <laughs> so I just, wanted to, I just wanted to discuss before we started, how was that experience for you? Many people read about Reiki. Um, if you don't know what that is, it's a, a Buddhist practice where you lay hands on people and you bring the energy of the universe into those individuals. You align their chakras, you give them healing energy. Kim, how was you on that? What did that feel like? Um, the first thing I was amazed at was when I closed my eyes thinking I would relax the way I normally do by just staring at the back of my eyelids and it would be dark black when you do that. First thing I saw was um, sparks of white light and... Afterwards, when discussing it with you, um, I basically followed all the colors of the chakra as you worked your way down on them. 
Um, I saw the white first, and then it was. I'm trying to remember the order that I that I saw Ooh. them in. It was white, and then purple, and blue, mm-hmm. then green, and then yellow, and then back to white. Well, that's really interesting. You know that you're you're getting a flavor there of of the things that I'm, I'm putting into you in terms of healing, um, because you're absolutely right. That is the order in which those things would come. And if anyone knows the chakras, of course, they'll be aware of your crown chakra. The purple's your head chakra, of course, and blue for the throat and uh, so forth i don't know if anyone's aware of this i have a piece of lapis in my pocket that i carry around with me because a lot of the work that i do is obviously through broadcasting it's through my lectures it's communicating with others in terms of my readings so my throat chakra is obviously very important to me and i don't know if our listeners are aware of this as well but the patron saint or the angel that you would need to pray to for broadcasting for oritation for talking in groups is archangel gabriel he has the trumpet, of course. So before every show, I say a few words. You blow to your own trumpet. Well, sometimes you have to. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite impressive, actually, and I can cook your as trumpet? well. <laughs> well, I'd say more like a trombone, to be honest. But if you want to stay within the brass family, you know, you're welcome to start going through all of those instrumentations. Yes, my embouchure is very impressive. Um, I'm not quite sure how we got here, but. Heather starts the show on minus three. (laughs) Good times all round. Yes, uh, Greg, anything you'd like to add to that, of course, because you were even struggling to get up onto the massage table at one point. Yep, I had a pretty bad backache. I'm taking a bad step the other day. And it was just so calming, everything kind of disappeared, and it was very relaxing. Well, I'm glad you got a lot out of that experience. One of the interesting things, of course, Greg and Kim a part of the International Paranormal Society, and Greg is the tech expert, and he has a camera called a FLIR, and it's a thermal imaging camera. And I've always wanted to do this, but whenever I'm giving Reiki, my hands get so incredibly hot, I thought it was a fabulous opportunity to perhaps grab the thermal imaging camera and take photographs of my hands as I'm doing that healing. And uh, when Kim was laid out on the massage table, when we was in the spare bedroom, I said to Greg, did he ever imagine a time that he'd be in the spare bedroom with his wife laid out on a massage table holding a camera while a strange man put his hands all over. But Greg said he thought that could happen at some point in their relationship. <laughs> Is there, um, that was really interesting photographs as well. I don't know if you want to talk very briefly just for a minute or two on that, but the photographs you took were very interesting, weren't they? Yeah, was it the heat that was coming off of their hands while you were touching her get up to like 101, 102 degrees? And naturally, you know, your hands are colder than your body temperature. That was very interesting. I'll actually post those photographs. If people go to our Facebook site, More Questions Than Answers with Adrian Lee, I will post those on there. And you can see my hands glowing on that thermal imaging camera. Some some of the photos are actually kind of funny, too, because the warm handprint left on my forehead is on the picture. Yes. (laughs) Fortunately, the warm handprint on your ass cheek never came out. I would love to hear all of your comments and suggestions. As long as they're not mean, you can send those ones to Coast to Coast. Links on tonight's stories of the strange, paranormal and bizarre can be seen in all their glory on my Facebook site, More Questions and Answers with Adrian Lee. Or you can send me an email to mqta at rocketmail.com. We shall lumber zombie-like into the first round. There are points to be had. The first round, of course, is ghosts and haunting. So, Heather... You're on minus three. The stow has the show hasn't the stow. started. The stow even stow is a fabulous place. Actually, I don't know if you've uh, 
if you know Stowe, but it's a building. Ah, we have a gentleman with us today who's a guest. I'll introduce Nathan to you. He hasn't got a microphone because he can talk for Britain. But we have a guest with us tonight, and uh, he's been to Stowe. Stowe is in, um, is it Buckinghamshire? It's in the Midlands, isn't it? Northamptonshire. It's in Northamptonshire because it's near Silverstone Racetrack where they do the F1 racing but it's a fabulous stately home with amazing gardens and it's one of the most expensive private schools you can send your children to i think in actual fact richard branson um was a student there at one time but we shall lumber into the first round what have you got for me tonight on ghosts and hauntings corpses leaking fluids pit woman against insurance company well i'm intrigued already i know this is in jupiter florida A state appeal court ruled that the state farm didn't have to be there for Judy Rodrigo after her neighbor died and leaked bodily fluids into her condo. Well, she's not much you can do about it. Oh, Greg, you're straight in there with the body fluids. Can you at least put your pants back on? That's outrageous. Did you say state farm? If she'd have had all state, maybe. (laughs) Which depends what state she was in. Well, I'll tell you what state. She was in a state of decomposition, wasn't she? This is where we are. Points to be had all round. I've now on a hefty two. The Jupiter woman's fight with the insurer began in October 2007 when her neighbor died and the corpse went undiscovered. The insured next-door neighbor died and time passed before the body was discovered, Judge Melanie G. May wrote in a decision released Wednesday. The initial case stemmed from an unsuccessful attempt by Rodrigo to characterize the decomposition of the body as an explosion. Oh, <laughs> you don't. The last, to be fair, there are explosions that surround corpses and dead bodies. Do you hear a lot of squishing sound and then an explosion? Well, this is the reason why um, I lived with my parents for sixteen months. Have <laughs> 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 I even started my story? Yes, I, sh- show 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 us Timothy on the teddy bear where Uncle Dave touched you. Um, oh no, not the stitching! My God. But yeah, I lived with my parents for 16 months while I was looking to get a visa to work to get into America. And there was a point during that stay that I was on the internet looking at ways to dispose dead bodies. And there was lots of squishing. Well, what you do if you want to... Weren't wanna... you married at the time? <laughs> <laughs> there was not much squishing going on, I can assure you. But lots of dead bodies. <laughs> he was looking for info to take care of it. <laughs> to be fair, dead girls can't say no. Oh. Um, <laughs> too soon. Ultimately, um, if you're going to hide a body in a lake or a river, they tell you that you have to puncture all the vital organs with a blunt object like a screwdriver or a knife so the gases bubble out. Because what brings a body to the surface is the gases that the internal organs... Heather's making notes. (laughs) She's got a wish list. They say that Lake Superior never gives up its bodies because Lake Superior is so cold that if a body drowns or goes down on a ship... It's so cold down there that the gases don't get a chance to kind of ferment within the body and the, and the bodies don't come to the surface. So all of the ships, is it the Fitzgerald that went down? Yes. There's still bodies on that that haven't broke There's the surface. There's a song. Are you going to sing it for us? No. Okay, well, that ends that conversation, <laughs> I guess. So, uh, yeah, ultimately, I can understand that there would be explosions and uh, strange noises and so forth um, on the back of that due to what I know about what I was looking up to hide my parents, um, if that should ever come across. I, I'll stop there, actually. This yeah. is incriminating on many, is, many levels. It is. Um, the main reason that she was trying to get it classified as an explosion is because the policy only covered damage to personal property in the event of a so-called named peril, explosions being one of these perils. 
State Farm had first offered Rodrigo a payment, but denied liability for the damage to her personal property. Rodrigo then refused the settlement as far as the records show. According to court filings, Rodrigo felt State Farm had failed to promptly pay for the full amount. She felt she was owed for the repair of the unit and her personal property, as well as living expenses. She said she couldn't stay in her condo because of the damage to which she was. She felt she was entitled. On Wednesday, the state's 4th District Court of Appeal ruled that the company was justified in how it had responded to Rodrigo's effort, which the judges called novel. I've had a few internal explosions. I, I did catch amoebic dysentery once in India. And there is a message and a lesson to be learned by everybody here because uh, in foreign third world countries, I would advise not to eat watermelons. That's what did it for me. Watermelons and any, any other vegetable that's fleshy, like a cucumber, for example, or a marrow. I don't know if you know what a marrow is, but they, they take on board the water in which they're watered in. So if you water a tree or a plant with sewage, then when you're eating that watermelon... Anyway, to cut a long story short, not more than 24 <laughs> hours later, I was inserting my lower intestinal tract with a shoehorn. I shall give you points for that. Heather, you have now gained a resplendent zero. So you have Yay. parity once again. Winning. Well, no, you're not actually. I'm sorry to say. You're I'm too... just tied with everybody. Well, I've already given myself two points for making such fabulous jokes. So uh, there is work what? to be done there. I'm going to leap now to South Africa. No, I'm going to go to Turkey, actually. We're going to have a journey around the globe. It says a South Coast ghost hunter has cast doubt over an image taken at Gallipoli, which reportedly shows a ghost soldier standing among gravestones. The image was taken by Fairfax photographer Joao Mayo and apparently shows a man in a wide-brimmed hat standing at Beach Cemetery at Hell's Spit on the old Anzac battlefields of Gallipoli. Ghost hunters of the South Coast and Territories group member Dan McMath said while at first glance the image might seem convincing, the truth was likely to be a lot less exciting. At first I thought, wow, that's interesting, he said. I'd love it to be a ghost, but the two pictures I'm looking at are at two different angles. The soldier seems to be the contours and the shapes of the flowers in the foreground. Although sceptical of the image, McMath said Gallipoli likely had its fair share of paranormal activity. Never having been there, I'm not sure, he said. It's a scene of tremendous energy. You've got the horrendous things that happened along the beach there. It's quite possible, and if ghosts are found, they would be residual ghosts. But of course, we know that battlefields do have a history of hauntings. Gettysburg in this country, of course, and I've been to various Civil War battlefields in Britain and picked up fabulous evidence there. Gallipoli is on the south coast of Turkey, of course, one of the bloodiest conflicts of the First World War, over half a million casualties and the Australian and New Zealand troops did take a, a really good beating in that particular battle of course but he's suggesting that the back outline of a flower was actually what uh, caused a shadowy soldier to appear like a ghost in that particular photograph if people wish to see that picture it is on our Facebook site I've posted it there for you to look at it's an interesting thought though that plants and flowers could come back in spirit I mean do they have a soul do plants and flowers have a spirit they say if you cut a rose and you have the right audio equipment you can hear it make a squeaking noise i don't know if that's something you're aware of but i've killed Did you so know many... you can do that when you cut the cheese too <laughs> <laughs> yes heather's been haunted by a particularly runny brie for the last three years and she needs an exorcism only hard cheese i'm led to believe 
I've killed so many plants over the years. It would be a concern to me. I, I don't have green fingers. And uh, I just imagine I'm lying in bed, you know, and this aspidistra appears at the end of the bed and is shaking and is haunting me because, you know, back in 1991 when I was a student, you know, I weed on it. But uh, ultimately, that would be a concern. How many trees do you think you've cut down, Greg, in your entire career as a farmer? Hundreds. Hundreds. So has there ever been a point, you know, where you've woken up in the middle of the night and there's been some phantom wood? <laughs> no. Oh, what? <laughs> <sighs> High five. I love this job. <laughs> it makes me happy. Kim, what have you got for me tonight in the round of Ghosts and Hauntings? Psychic arrested after mummified remains of father found in storage locker. Search on for missing mother. Oh, they're looking for a mummy. (laughs) We're going to Lexington, Kentucky. The mummified remains of a man found in a Lexington storage unit in January have been identified, and the man's daughter has been indicted for stealing his Social Security benefits. Now federal court documents say authorities are searching for the woman's mother, who has not been seen since early March. Bruton's daughter, Judith Marie Bruton, has been indicted in U.S. District Court in Texas for stealing more than $150,000 of her father's Social Security retirement benefits. The indictment says she took the benefits from November 1997 through August 2011. A phone conversation between a Social Security representative and a person with a high-pitched voice claiming to be Luther Broughton aroused suspicion. (laughs) From 1997 to 2006, Broughton's Social Security checks were mailed to a post office box owned by Judith. After that, they were deposited directly into an account at the Fort Davis State Bank in Texas. The account was in Luther Broughton's name, but his daughter had access to it. Ah, there you go. The documents say that Judith earns $270 a month working for the National Psychic Network. (laughs) (laughs) She must not be very good then. Think about that, though. The 150,000 stole rounds out to about $10,000 a year, and she's earning $270 a month doing her psychic work. That's not much money. No. That's mac and cheese. It is. There Dairy are Queen. more questions. Well, <laughs> you, there are benefits to buying Girls Dairy Queen, as we've seen on previous shows, and, and Heather has explained what? to us in graphic detail. Fabulous. There shall be points all round. I shall give you a hefty three for that particular story. I have one more in the round of ghosts and hauntings. In Thailand, an elderly man who said he'd been haunted in his dreams by his wife since he killed her in a fit of anger and dumped her body in a pond has been arrested by police and charged with murder. He told police he was so bothered by the dreams that he was about to turn himself in. Fu Wang police said that the body... (laughs) Do it again. The Fu Wang police. Isn't that a pop group from the 80s? Just bear with me a minute. I've got to go and have a Fu Wang. I'll be back in a minute. I'll have the Fu Wang with egg fried rice and the spare ribs. Um, the police of Fu Wang said the body of Orn Donkana, 67, was found in a pond near Wat Santikaram in Tambong, Songpai. Do it again. Three <laughs> times in a row. <laughs> I'm not going to say it three times in a row. A genie will appear and we'll have to make a wish. You'd think they'd put a vowel in occasionally to help a man out. I swear to God, I'm going to get you to read this. It's Fu Wang police. The woman who died is called Orn Donkana. She was found in a pond near Wat Sanikaram in a place called Tambon. <laughs> Tampon? In, in Song. <laughs> Yes, when it rains there, the place gets twice as big. Um, Songpai of Fu Wang District. You're going to be reading this out in a minute. I'm going to point to you. She's been bashed. This poor woman's died. 
But she, she did live in a place called Tampon, unfortunately. She's been bashed on the left temple with a hard object and she's been dead for around three days. The police initially said they had no clue who was responsible. It was Colonel Mustard in the ballroom with the string. Oh. Um, but suspicion later focused on Sombot Samuk, who's 68, and was her new husband. Wow. I've covered my entire script in saliva. That's not going to look good. Why can't they just be called Keith or Gary? Outrageous. <laughs> that may be his guilty conscience that's waking this man up. The accused told police that while he was hiding, he dreamt about the dead woman every night and she told him to surrender to the police or she would continue to haunt him. Oh, Greg, this is your conscience speaking. I'm the birch tree that you cut down in 1993. <laughs> I swear to God, Heather, you're going to read this. I where can't I put do the, it. Yeah, where I put that little arrow, nice and loudly for everyone. There we go. That and whole I'll, paragraph? Well, you can, well, you're not going to make the whole paragraph. Fu Yang. Oh, I, did, I just said, said Wang. That the body of Orn Dunkana. Pocahontas, yeah. Yes. Uh, 67 was found in a pond near Wat Sanakarum. Uh-huh. Bless in you. Tambon. Oh, there we go. Song Pui. Thank you. Of Fu Yang. With chips. It's <laughs> <laughs> outrageous, isn't it? That brings forth the end of our first round. We look at the scores. Greg is on three for supplying such fabulous sound effects. I am on five. Heather has a resplendent round zero. Oh. And Kim is also on three as we move now into the round that is UFOs and cryptozoology. It's hairy beasties. Green man. Heather, you need to start. You're on the lowest amount of points at the moment. A negative zero. So where are you taking us in the world for tonight's story of UFO and cryptozoology? Bonobo chimpanzee is able to light fire and cook food for himself. Is he single? That's know, already, but that's it's already, a lot better than my ex-boyfriend. I was going to say, that's taking him above 90% of the population <laughs> of this country. Just put a baseball cap on him, he'll be good. Kanzi, the bonobo, has managed to amaze everyone and has proved to be a self-sufficient animal. As he was filmed lighting a fire and even cooking some marshmallows for himself, the 34-year-old <laughs> bonobo chimpanzee knows how to take care of himself better than many modern men. There we go. <laughs> As the animal prepares his own Greg, food. Greg, leave that monkey alone. <laughs> and really enjoys doing it. Well, he's getting paid peanuts. <laughs> what? Kanzi is seen collecting wood, breaking it into small pieces and forming a pile just perfect for a campfire. Then he carefully strikes a match to light the fire and meticulously cooks his meal on the open fire, a marshmallow stuck at the end of a twig. He's running to be a Republican candidate this time next year. <laughs> you probably win, too. Besides <laughs> the George Bush body. <laughs> Anything's possible. Besides the firelighting abilities, Kanzi also communicates with humans. As he was encouraged to interact with them and copy them, he reportedly uses touchpads full of icon-like symbols to express what he wants to convey. That's fabulous. I, I, I think chimpanzees, we're only 98% the same, aren't we, of chimpanzees? The 2%. So you should be able to cook and build campfires. <laughs> if I can blow my own trumpet and cook, I'd never need a girlfriend ever again, would I? <laughs> Completely inappropriate. 
I'm going to jump now to a story. We're in South Africa. I tried to get there a little earlier, but I was stopped by Turkey on the way. A witness in Johannesburg, South Africa, reported watching three silent, low-flying, triangle-shaped UFOs move overhead, according to the MUFON witness reporting database. The witness was outside observing the sky after 9pm when an object was noticed on the belt of Orion area of the sky. Isn't it interesting? This is from South Africa. Isn't it interesting that they have cattle mutilations in this country? So what happens normally is a UFO hovers overhead. In the morning, some redneck farmer in the middle of nowhere noticed that one of his cows has been dissected. Now, if he was in a UFO, if he was an alien, wouldn't it be fabulous to actually be in Africa and not have to continually mutilate cows? You've got a whole menagerie of fabulous animals. You've got elephants, you've got lions, zebras, wildebeests, all manner. Wow. <laughs> there's a whole select like being on Tarzan, isn't it? But there's a whole selection there of animals that you could mutilate. It seems odd to me that you'd continue to mutilate cows. Imagine if you went to Como Park Zoo and all that you saw was cows. Mm-hmm. I mean, that would just be ridiculous, wouldn't it? They've got such. I just imagine there's a, a UFO hovering over the Serengeti Plains, and there's three gazelle all in a line, and this beam of light comes down onto one gazelle, and the other two are kind of edging away, and they're saying, "Look, you know." Gavin, there's a beam. There's a beam of light on Gavin. Just move away, and he won't notice. And then Gavin disappears. I just, I just, you know, Gavin's gone. What goes through your? There's mind? a beam of light comes out of the sky. Gavin the gazelle is on the ground. Trevor and Gary are edging away from it, thinking, "Aye, aye, it's Gavin's turn tonight." And up he goes. And then the Bigfoot nearby is going, "Colin, Colin, <laughs> Colin the Bigfoot." Uh, you know, you asked me last week what a Bigfoot was called, and I guessed Colin. I have psychic skills. Why, why is Colin's a good a name as any? If you're out there and your name is Colin, you have a fabulous name. And you there, have big feet. Give us a call. Be, yeah, wow. Take me to Dairy Queen. <laughs> be careful what you wish for. Wow. I'd just be very disappointed if I went to the zoo and all there was was cows. I think UFOs should expand, and, and certainly Africa seems the place to be. It says a triangle or V-shape was apparent only due to the thin V-shaped wisps of clouds engulfing the flanks, the witness stated. The inside borders of the clouds were straight and clearly defined. The craft appeared to be quite low and sped directly across the sky, disappearing behind the tree in a line of the garden in the northerly direction. Its altitude, speed and direction were constant, and there was absolutely no sound. The witness said she had two more sightings that same evening, which frustrates me. If you're going to have two more sightings, wouldn't at some point you think it might be a good idea to grab a camera maybe, or at least the next door neighbour and say, look at that big V-shaped UFO up there and that gazelle just hovering in the sky. I just don't, I can understand why you wouldn't go get someone. He says, I went outside again an hour or so later and looked up to see the exact same occurrence as if the video had been looped. Within seconds thereafter, a solid triangular craft with lights that were blue on each corner appeared from the same area and followed the same flight path. So we now have a second craft, probably dangling a rhino somewhere over Johannesburg. That would be a really unfortunate death, wouldn't it? You walk into the shops, you're all happy-go-lucky, there's a skip in your step and a rhino hits you from above. (laughs) There was a famous Greek philosopher that died because a tortoise fell on his head. Because an eagle picked up a tortoise in Greece, thought his bald head was a rock and dropped the tortoise on him and he did die. His name escapes me, but we can look that up. Um, Esophagles, I think his name was, something like that. It says it was very clearly defined and was obviously solid, with a rhino dangling 200 feet below it in a gravity beam. The witness feels more people should come forward with these kinds of sightings. 
and somewhere on the plains of the Serengeti, a wildebeest is walking a little gingerly today after a probing. Does anyone else have any more questions and answers? Kim, you have a you have a story for me in the round that is UFOs and cryptozoology. Mexican Zoo welcomes rare baby zonkey. A zonkey? Not a geep this time, it's a zonkey. Greg's really got the animal sounds going, hasn't he? That's fabulous. <laughs> wow, does he practice these in the bathroom? Do you wake up at like 8 Not o'clock? Not in the in... bathroom. In the bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> Just play that one again, Greg, and we'll picture you and Kim in the bedroom. <laughs> I'll have set him a task oh, now. Now oh, oh, no! <laughs> Wow, it's like Noah's Ark. Did you? Did the animals come on board two by two? How did that work? Pretty much so. Okay. <laughs> he is Dr. Doolittle, ladies and gentlemen. A zonkey. Why isn't it called a Debra? <laughs> Debra. There's enough of those running around. Debbie's in Dallas. Oh, wow. She's busy. <laughs> this bell's going to be need to be replaced at some point. Does anyone know a bell replacement service? We got more. <laughs> We've got more, have we? <laughs> Bells are us. Let's That's go right. to Bell Hut tomorrow. <laughs> Taco <what> they... Bell. <laughs> Talking of amoebic dysentery. Yeah, there you go. There is a story in there, Kim. There is a, a zonkey, did you say? Yes. Wow. Uh, zookeepers at Reynosa Zoo in the northeastern state of Tamaulipas were surprised to see that the rare foal was born on April 21st, had stripy legs and a brown body. The cute zebra donkey cross has been named Kumba. According to the Independent, Kumba's mother is a female zebra called Reyes, while the father is a dwarf blue-eyed albino donkey named Ignacio. Sat back smoking a cigarette. (laughs) (laughs) What were they doing in the same enclosure? Did they nip out at night? Isn't that apparent? They had a little one. (laughs) It says they used to meet every afternoon and they eventually grew fond of each other. Well, that's how it starts. They didn't go to Dairy Queen by any chance, did they? <laughs> the zoo staff explained that the cross is extremely rare in the animal world because the zebra and donkey chromosomes are not compatible, which we've discussed the chromosomes before. It makes you wonder how many times they did that then before they actually hit jackpot. I mean, if, if it's difficult to conceive, I mean, how many goes? I mean, I, I don't, you know, it makes you wonder, uh, doesn't it? The chances of zonkeys occurring in the wild today are very slim. The majority of them are found in zoos. Wow. I guess a donkey and a zebra don't often cross paths. Today it's like, a, what did we discuss the other day? A tiger and a lion. Was it a yeah, liger? liger? And of course they come from two completely different continents. They, they would never ever meet in their natural habitats. So uh, very strange and very bizarre. That brings the end of the UFOs and cryptozoology round to a finish. Be sure to stay tuned as we explore further the week's news of the paranormal and strange after these short messages from our sponsors. The Lakes Area Paranormal Interest Group meets bi-monthly to discuss all things paranormal. The group's primary focus is on the topic of UFOs, but they also delve into alien reductions, cryptozoology, Bigfoot, crop circles, ghosts, rhinoceroses, gazelles, hovering and little gavin running around in a tractor beam. Come with an open mind and be prepared to discover the who, what, when, where, why and how of these phenomena. Meetings are from 7 to 9pm Central Time in the Brancret Room of the American Legion Club in Wake Park, Minnesota. For more information, visit their website, lapig.org. For people who believe that standing in a cold, dark basement in the middle of the night for hours on end is perfectly normal. The Minnesota chapter of the mutual UFO network, MUFON, meets the second Saturday of every month at the New Brighton Community Center, New Brighton, Minnesota. 
Meetings are from 2 to 5 p.m. Central and include investigation reports, open mic, book reviews, videos, guest speakers and all number of African ruminants that wish to gather and talk about their experiences. Anyone with an interest in UFOs is welcome to attend. For anyone who's experienced a UFO sighting or knows an animal that has, this is the place to be. Meeting agendas, driving directions and tons of UFO information can be found at mnmufon.org. I would love to hear from you if you would like your business or product advertised live on more questions and answers. Reaching the nation and beyond with informative and well-educated listeners of good taste. And a love of all things paranormal and oddly intriguing. You are listening to the only dedicated paranormal news radio quiz show on the planet. How lucky are you? In the lyrics and the words of the reggae legend that is Johnny Nash, there are indeed more questions than answers. And the more I find out, the less I know, which means I am probably less intelligent than when the show started. I am your host, Adrian Lee, famous for being banned in Lithuania, for introducing the word to dirty hobo water and sometimes the annoying inability to say abominable snowman live on air. Welcome back for the second part of tonight's show. If you have just joined us, then where have you been? And what could have been more important? If you have stayed with me, then let me raise your spirits further by saying that we still have 50% of the show still left to go. Hurrah and a happy dance all the way around the bedroom. High fives all around. I've been handed a fresh cup of tea and the promise of cookies. I have fresh flashlight batteries and my mother has now stopped snoring from the room next door. So onwards we march. One of the things I'd like to do, we are now in the round of the strange and the bizarre and this story kind of covers ufos cryptozoology and strange and bizarre did you have another story in that round by the way no okay you were looking at me as if you had more to read out i will this touches upon ufos again but it says um support group gives counseling to people who believe they've been abducted by aliens it starts by saying i guess everybody wondered at some point in their lives if aliens really existed or were just the fruits of their imagination Many claim they have found proof of extraterrestrial life or that they've been in contact with aliens, but their existence still remains a mystery. However, for those who think they've been abducted by aliens or lived other strange experiences that could be related to some sort of extraterrestrial being, there is now a support group that gives them the opportunity to share their stories with other alleged abductees. The group is called Anomalous Mind Management Abductee Contactee Helpline Project, or AMAC, which is like the support group for those that think acronyms are far too long and should be shortened, <laughs> which is called Tab Labs, and was founded by Joanne Summerscales. According to its creator, the goal of the unusual organisation is to make people feel uncomfortable, or sh- make them feel uncomfortable. They've just been probed. We're going to give them really hard seating and no cushions. Wow. To make people feel comfortable enough to share their experiences That's uh, without fear of being mocked. Oh dear. <laughs> Not so funny now, is it? I bet they don't eat corn dogs there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and they can't look a probe in the eye or an endoscope. We aim to provide a safe platform for them to tell their stories without ridicule or fear. No danger of that here, is there? Very existentialist Welcome, all of everyone. Us. <laughs> yes, do come in. <laughs> Yes, I'm aware your bottom looks like the Japanese flag, but do take a seat. I do not believe everything I hear, but if something strange happened to us, we would want to have the ability to sell someone (laughs) without fear and ridicule. No fear and ridicule on this show. 
Since its opening, the group has been offering support and counselling <laughs> to lots of people who claim to have been in contact with extraterrestrials. 1,500 a year, to be more precise. What colour are their eyes? <laughs> and don't it make your brown eye blue? Since the group has now announced... We're going to get taken off air. This poor woman, they've got a group. These people are generally living in fear. Wow. The group has now announced that it's holding a conference in Hastings, East Sussex, at the end of May. I can see a selection of African plains mammals all sat in a circle drinking tea, discussing what happened to them. So uh, I just, little. there's a gazelle and, and, and there's little monkeys. And, and then what happened to you? I mean, did the, did the UFO come down? What happened next? There was a probe, was there? And did you did you get put up into? You went. You got sucked up into the air, and then and then the alien did what? Oh, <laughs> cheeky! Good times, Greg. You shall have points in abundance. I'm loving that you are now on six. Who knew such things, Heather? Strange and bizarre, because that hasn't been strange and bizarre so far, has it? Man on a lawnmower loses his hand after being struck by a plane. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Can you believe it? It is unfortunate. Duck! Duck! More people... <laughs> da, 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 da. More people die through lawnmower accidents every year than parachute... By a plane? Well, by parachute accidents... Did you not hear that story? There was a guy who was mowing the grass and he went back out into the garage and he put his hand on the wall and was shaking his leg to get the cut grass off of his shoes and his wife thought he'd been electrocuted because he was holding onto the wall where the light switch was and she grabbed a broom, (laughs) hit his arm with it and broke his arm. (laughs) So the dangers of cutting the grass are huge. Wow. Is that why you don't do it? Well, I'm allergic to grass, which is the first thing. (laughs) I'm also allergic to soapy water. To uh, hobo water, hobo water. <laughs> to pushing any light little machine across carpeted areas. <laughs> You've highlighted quite a lot of phobias and paranormal uh, activity for me there. Do continue. He got hit by a plane while was mowing he the, the grass on a runway. I'll explain it. A North Carolina man operating a lawnmower on a privately owned airport lost his hand after he was hit by a plane. The bizarre accident happened on Saturday at about 12.30 p.m. when the 74-year-old John Rufty was mowing the lawn on a small landing strip in Taylorsville. Have you, have you got a small landing strip, Kim? Is that <laughs> <laughs> According to Daily News, a single-engine plane collided with the lawnmower operator while landing at the airport. Unfortunately, the private airport isn't monitored by traffic controllers, so nobody was there to warn the elderly man about the plane. On the other hand... On the other hand? (laughs) The pilot did not see the man when he was attempting to land the plane. Rufty wouldn't have been able to hear or see the plane coming, and the pilot was unable to see the driver until just before impact. That is unfortunate. I mean, fortunate in many respects. If you get hit by a plane and the worst thing you've got is your hand missing, it could be a lot worse, of course. (laughs) How would you... I mean, I feel really bad for the guy. How's he going to operate a digital watch now? I mean, it's got to be your greatest fear, isn't it? That's your greatest fear? Yes, how to operate my digital watch if I lose my hand. Or you could just lose your watch, right, Kim? Wink, wink. Listen to last week's show. Last week. Have you got got the time on your cock? (laughs) What? Kim, 
jump in and help me. You shall have points, Heather, wherever you go. I shall give you a resplendent three for that. You're now on three. <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to be able to tell this story without cracking up laughing over your jokes about the trees earlier. <laughs> oh, see, I'm psychic. This is how it works. Biodegradable urns that will turn your tree into turn you into a tree after you die. See, I've got... Before you start, when I walk around the cemeteries and graveyards in Europe... You get wood. Oh, for the love of... <laughs> yes, that necromancy does it for me every time. I, I see trees growing in the graveyards, and there's apple trees, there's yeah. pear trees, there's berries, there's raspberries, black currants. People on a Sunday go around picking them and eating them. I, I, I can't believe you would eat fruit from a tree where its roots are in the soil of a cemetery or graveyard. I understand it's really good compost, but if you're biting into that apple, that's ultimately a, a corpse smoothie, isn't it, is what that's it is. It's Aunt Judy. It's Aunt, just, this pear tastes just like Aunt Judy. Perhaps that's not the way to go. Um, <laughs> but, you know, you understand the concept of this. I'd find that very odd. Do, do continue, Kim. That's interesting. A revolution is upon us on Earth to move from a pollution and waste-dependent society to one of sustainability and environmentally friendly initiatives. Trees are the lungs of our planet. The more trees we plant, the cleaner our air for generations to come. It's like soil and green, isn't it? Soil and green is made from people. <laughs> do you remember that 1974 yes. classic? Was that Charlton Heston? I don't remember. I do recall that. That was a very famous director. And if my memory serves me correct, I think Edward G. Robinson, I think that was his last ever film, but I'll have to, I'll have to check that. So what are they doing now then? They're making... Uh, we are very proud to offer a funerary urn made from biodegradable materials that will turn you into a tree after you die. Inside the urn, there is a pine seed, which you can be, which can be replaced by any other seed or plant, <laughs> and will grow to remember your loved one. Your love seed. Oh, shit. <laughs> How many people Ooh. are going to put a marijuana plant seed in there? What was that? <laughs> Greg, I've warned you about that. You'll go blind. <laughs> I can't, if you plant a marijuana seed, isn't it very odd that you could be then smoking Uncle Frank? Yes. Oh. I'm going to go, we're going to go and have an Uncle Frank in the garage and uh, I'll be back in a minute. Yeah. That could be quite a fun code name, couldn't it? Well, going for an Uncle Frank. Don't they call it Mary Jane? <laughs> yes, Last Dance with Mary Jane, yes. Tom Petty. Yep. You're absolutely right. Well, I don't think in that particular uh, song, though, Mary Jane had deceased and they were growing marijuana on her <laughs> But it can happen now. But it can happen now. It can now. happen Tom Petty was a revolutionary. Who knew such things? <laughs> he, was, he was before his time, is what he was. Uh, the top part of Bios Urn is specially designed to allow the seed to sprout. Before you bury the urn, you will need to mix the components with some soil from where you want your tree to grow. The components will naturally facilitate germination of the seed when mixed with the soil. I wonder if Bert's going to bury urn. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm sorry it was there. You'd have been disappointed if I hadn't brought it up. It lasts for a long, long time, and you can plant it when you want. Uh, you plant it an inch below the soil and start watering it, and it will germinate. Wow. And you have the ashes down below and the seed above. <laughs> Remarkable. I guess yeah. you could do that to anybody intrinsically. You can just sprinkle their ashes in a hole and then stick a tree on top of it, can't you? Yes. That would be an ash hole then, wouldn't it? <laughs> Seconds out round one. You're really pleased with yourself, aren't you? Look at that. 20 shows in and you've finally found one. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. It's, you know, if you get enough monkeys in a room, sooner or later someone's going to come up. 
That's outrageous. <laughs> you shall get five points. You are now storming into the lead with a remarkable eight. In fact, my pen stopped working, so you're not going to get anything. Is what's going. Thank you, Greg. I really appreciate you giving me another pen. Joyous. <sighs> Strange and bizarre. A 21-year-old man has died after being crushed by a crucifix erected in honour of Pope John Paul II in northern Italy. Marco Gusmimi was killed instantly and one other man was taken to hospital, Italian media reported. Part of the 100-foot sculpture collapsed in a ceremony ahead of the Pope's canonisation. The crucifix commemorates the Pope's visit to the area in 1998. The installation near the town of Savo was designed as a large curved cross with a statue of Jesus Christ, weighing about 1,300 pounds affixed to the top. A group of children was reported to be in attendance at the time. Well, it wouldn't be the first time a group of children have witnessed a papal erection, I suspect. The cross was designed by sculptor Enrico Yob and was created for John Paul II's visit to nearby Brescia. It is not the first death caused by a falling crucifix in Italy. In 2004, the Associated Press reported that a 72-year-old woman had been crushed to death by a seven-foot-tall metal crucifix in the town of Sant'Anfrio in the south of the country. Well, we all have our crosses to bear. We move swiftly on to the last round that is not for your mother. For those familiar with the show, you'll know this is the point of the show where you usher your mother out of the room where you put her in a dumpster, where you introduce her to a group of collective ruminants grazing in the Serengeti Plains. Out of the way, any miners, any children, any people that are easily offended need to be taken up in the tractor beam and removed from your household. Heather, would you like to start this particular round off? You have raced into a remarkable lead based on the back of your joke-telling skills. Wives of men with big penises more likely to cheat is wow greg looks like you're safe kim (laughs) 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 (sighs) a study published in the journal plos1 has found that men with larger penises are more likely to be cuckolded by their wives led by researchers to be cheated on you mean Yes. Yes. Oh, okay, I get you. (laughs) Led by the researchers from the U.S. and Kenya, the researchers looked at extramarital affairs of women married to fishermen living along Lake Victoria in Kisumu County, Kenya. Domestic violence, denial of preferred sex positions. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Fabulous. What? Sex positions are fabulous? (laughs) Yes. Uh, Longer erect penises, younger age, and increased sexual satisfaction were the main predicators of women's involvement in extramarital partnerships that seems bizarre to me because the better the man performs the more chance he's got of his wife or partner then cheating on him is what you're saying no this is well yeah i guess that's what they say yeah i don't know maybe they just didn't want sex after marriage (laughs) (laughs) who could believe that could be even possible i mean who knew such things that's a revelation to me Research shows that the longer the penis, the more sexual discomfort women suffering during sex. Some women... What if you only put the first seven inches in? Then what? (laughs) (laughs) You have some sort of restrictor on? (laughs) A little bumper. Hang on, I've tied a scarf around it. You'll be fine. 
some women interviewed said that the painful sex had led them to seek sex elsewhere so they could enjoy it. Concluding, the authors say men need to understand that a longer penis does not necessarily make them better lovers and should not seek out penile enhancement procedures to enhance their genitals. Anything more than a mouth is a waste, surely. Oh, that's remarkable. I find that very bizarre. Kenya, I can't believe we have a lot of stories from Africa. This is the USN Kenya, by the way. It's where? The USN Kenya. What's the USN? The US and Kenya. Oh, and Kenya. Sorry, it was oh. your accent. I need translation. The US and Kenya. Yes. Isn't that, be- isn't that where Barack Obama is? You never listen to me. No, I don't. I'm too busy cracking <laughs> jokes and trying to work the scores out. And yes, trying so to be funny. I get it. There we go. <laughs> Barack Obama is a US Kenyan, isn't he? And Kenya. And to my knowledge, his wife hasn't, you know, fallen off the uh, marital wagon, so to speak. So what are you saying? Well, I'm just saying it's, you know, he might not... Maybe he has a bumper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just saying he might have a, some sort of stopper or bung on it. I have no idea. Perhaps, wow, uh, I think you need to stop There's now. more research needs to be done. <laughs> We're not researching that. In this area. <laughs> I sure ring the bell just because I like ringing the bell. And if I ring every minute, we've kind of covered ourselves. You play we? your own trombone and you and I ring, ring your own, own bell. bell. And... Isn't it a sad story for everyone concerned? Kim, what have you got for me in the round of Not For Your Mother? One day we will have your mother in this studio. You really <laughs> I thought you were going to stop at that. One day we will have your mother. <laughs> Here, smell this handkerchief. You'll be fine. <laughs> Pornhub gives America wood. Oh, yeah. yeah. Promises to plant a tree for every 100 videos you watch. There's a lot of tree stories tonight, yes, isn't there? there is. Wow, you'd have a whole forest out there, Greg. <laughs> have you seen these arms? They're like Popeye. <laughs> And I know he doesn't eat spinach. (laughs) Pornhub launched a campaign to celebrate Arbor Day. The website is offered to plant a tree for every 100 videos watched. (laughs) You'd be watching porn, wouldn't you, if you didn't get any roots down? (laughs) (laughs) The title of the campaign, Pornhub Gives America Wood. According to the website for Pornhub's campaign, in the week following Arbor Day, on April 25th it was, Pornhub is donating one tree for every 100 videos watched in its big dick category. (laughs) Should I ring the bell? It's Pornhub. There we go. (laughs) While you're watching some nice pieces of ash, you'll also be helping spruce America up. Spruce. Bushes are optional, (laughs) the website says. <laughs> Although Pornhub is keeping a running tally of how many trees it'll plant so far, it's unclear where the trees will be planted or what environmental organization the company plans to work with. Well, the hole in the ozone layer will soon be filled, no doubt. I'm off to Lancashire now for not for your mother. It says a 56 year old man loaded a water pistol with urine and went into Blackburn Town Centre and sprayed random women with it. I guess he thinks he owns them now. Is he marking his territory out? Well, apparently, Blackburn magistrates heard the bizarre offence was committed by a man with no previous convictions. Imran Hussein, defending, said his client could offer no explanation for his behaviour, although the police investigations have ruled out any sexual motivation. Ian Wilson of Hayes Lane Blackburn pleaded guilty to two charges of assault. He was given a conditional discharge of three months in order to pay $50 compensation to each of his victims, probably for their dry cleaning bills, no doubt. The court heard the victims were total strangers who had been targeted at random. 
Wilson sprayed them on their clothes with the urine from his water pistol before being arrested at the scene. Now, I'm no expert, but when I had a water pistol when I was a kid, it was really difficult to get the water into the water pistol. You'd put it under the tap and it'd go everywhere. So did he use a dispenser to put the urine into the water pistol or did he just do it like threading the eye of a needle? I mean, how's that even possible? And I was also thinking those large, those huge mega... No, we're not doing a super soaker one. Can you imagine a super soaker (laughs) where you've got it in your bath and you've spent a week filling it and then you pump it up and then... Just, I've got all kinds of questions. You know, did he take out the middleman or did he just wee into the water pistol? There are indeed more questions than answers. I suspect he probably just weed straight into the water pistol. But you would need a good aim, wouldn't you? Yes. Unless you used a funnel, of course. Hmm, Either very... that or his wife is very happy and will not cheat on him. Ah. <laughs> now all becomes clear. And he is from Lancashire in Blackburn, so it'd be no surprise at all. Kim, you have already told your story, Heather. <laughs> it's tales of urine, wood, sexual misdemeanours. It just gets me confused. It's like a Friday night out for me in Mountain Lake. Heather, what have you got for me? The final story of Not For Your Mother. Women with wider hips are more inclined to have one night stands. Wow, you need to watch out there, Greg. <laughs> oh, there we go. That's the spot nice, huh? right there. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sweet Jesus. In a new study, women who were more inclined to have one-night stands had wider hips. The study into whether hip-width or waist-to-hip ratio was a better predicator of a woman's sexual behavior was conducted among 148 women between the ages of 18 and 26. So let me get this right. We've already discussed the fact that men that have a small part, so to speak, Mm -hmm. are more likely to have their women stay with them. Yes. And women that are more procreative. Is that a right? I mean, I'm making words up. Yeah, yeah. Just go now. with it. Yeah. Yes, it's tremendous. Um, so the ideal combination is a fat woman and a man with a small willy. No, because a fat woman has more one night stands than one with narrower hips. So the worst combination is a man with a large willy and a fat woman. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's it. <laughs> I'm sure that'll please most of the population of America. Are so, we talking? No, forget it. No, 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 no Kim. Go on, no, come on. Let's hear it. Let's go on. I yeah. was going to ask if, we, if this study was done in Iowa. <laughs> Why? <laughs> well, uh, they've put a fence around Iowa and they're now calling it a Minnesotan zoo. Um, ultimately, ultimately, the best combination that can be then is a man with a large willy and a fat woman. Yes. Okay. No. And, the, and the worst no. combination no. the worst combination is a man with a small willy with a skinny woman. No. I'm confused. Now you've confused me. You want a skinny woman and a large willy? Yes. That's the perfect combination or the worst combination. No, that's the worst combination. Well, it depends on whether whether you want to have a one-on-one relationship for a long time or not. What's worst and what's best? So, I don't know, Greg. What's what's best for you? A, a man with a large willy or a fat woman? What's that? <laughs> do continue. We'll have to hold a pole. <laughs> and the bell is broken. Um, more specifically, the women for whom one night stands accounted for three out of every four of their sexual relationships had hips at least two centimeters wider than their counterparts in whose lives such fleeting relationships were not as prevalent. 
Wow. You cannot say this show is not informative. So if you don't want a woman to cheat on you... Get one with small hips. You need a small willy and a skinny woman. We should put that on a you know, match.com. No, no, small <laughs> willies... Yes. ...are the ones... They're the keepers. Remember, that's where they have the most satisfied sex. That's right. So I'm saying the best combination to Correct. ensure a long relationship is a small willy and a skinny woman. Yes. Perfect. I'm glad we got there in the end. <laughs> there's an equation if in there's here there's any somewhere. skinny women out there and men with small willies, do feel free to write in. And we shall match.com. Make, we'll, make we'll make that happen for you. Small willies and skinny women. Dot com. Well, good things come to an end. So let's look a at short some, end. So let's look at tonight's scores. In last place, the K2 meter with the dead battery is Kim tonight. Oh. I, that's the first for you. That's wah, wah, it's wah. normally Greg, but he's on top of his sounds. And in a resplendent first place, the $33,000 IR camera and all the broken china from the beginning of tonight's show goes to Heather with a resplendent, Winning. fabulous <laughs> eight. Do not fear, listeners. She will be losing again next week. Remember, we are back with a whole new bunch of stories next week at the same time, and I would love for you to join me for a fun and informative journey through the world of skinny women, small willies, paranormal, strange, intriguing, gazelles named Kevin, bizarre and weird. Kevin. <laughs> Please tell your friends and family about the show, and feel free to contact me anytime via my Facebook site, More Questions Than Answers with Adrian Lee, or you can email me at mqta at rocketmail.com but I do not wish to see photographs my gratitude and greatest thanks are extended to Lorna Hunter Heather Morris Jeton Drainer Kim and Greg Gore Nathan and all at the International Paranormal Society at int paranormal.net and all of the show's sponsors including the Lakes Area Paranormal Interest Group and MUFON of Minnesota it just remains for me to say thank you for listening and remember be interested and interesting good night Personal. <laughs> <laughs>